I've been around. I've been doing the online marketing thing for 21 years now. Uh, January of 2022 is when I ran my first Google ad. You know, um, I mean, 2002. Yeah, 2002. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I've been running this for almost a year, a whole year. No. Oh my gosh. Has it been 21 years? It's so freaking amazing. Welcome to the Smartest Podcast, a show that is dedicated to helping you achieve success. I'm your host, John Colderize Lawson, entrepreneur and best-selling author. In this episode, you will hear from one of the most successful people in the world. So get ready to improve yourself by learning from those who have already found success. Yo guys, what is up? This is your boy, John, the smartest podcast episode. And I am really, really excited to have this guy on the other end. He is the uh, author of a brand new book, Turning Your Passion Into Profits. His name is Matt McWilliams. Matt, how are you doing, bro? What's up, John? Good to be here, buddy. Man, I'm telling you, you are having a bang up kind of 2023 already. <laughs> Been a little busy. Yeah, it's, uh, man, it's, it's, it's hard to believe we're only 12 days in. Like, it feels like I'm like two months into the new year, but uh, such it is when you're, when you're launching a book, I guess. It's, it's been fun though. Yeah. I mean, you're running really hard, man. I mean, when did you, when did you put the plan into effect? Well, let's just first talk about the book itself, yeah. the title, what it is, give, give us a quick overview and then we'll go into backstory. Yeah. I mean, the, the quickest overview is, you know, the title says it all. I mean, how, do we take these things that we're passionate about, the idea that we have, the message we have for the world? Like, I just, I'm a firm believer, you know, the entire premise of the book is that we're all messengers. You know, that's that's what this new economy is. Like, to me, if you think about it, like the economy's changed so much in the last 20, 30 years that I'll be the first to admit, like this book could not have been written 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, this book really couldn't have been written 12 or 13 years ago. Now, I believe it's gonna be evergreen. You know, I purposely don't, I don't, I don't tell you how to get famous on TikTok in the book. Because right. I want it to be relevant in 20 years. But, you know, we've had some things, we had a few things happen in the last 20 years or so. You know, I mean, we're, we're all carrying around the magic rectangle now, right? The, the, some people call it a smartphone. I call it the magic rectangle. Uh, my magic rectangle, for some reason, I'm almost out of power already. And it's only 1.30 today. That's weird. <laughs> you know, like none of these things existed you know, just a short time ago. And so we're all messengers. And my belief, you know, the whole premise of the book is that the world needs your message. The world needs your message, but we're not going to wait for it. The world needs your message, but we're going to move on without it. And so uh, we all need it. You know, somebody out there needs you. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people need your message. The only question is, are you going to stand up and give it to them? And so it walks you through sequentially step-by-step step from, from that to the profit side, because we've all seen, I know you, you've been around long enough. You've seen the business owners, right? They love what they're doing, man. I'm changing the world. I'm having fun. I'm waking up at five 30. How much money are you making? Well, I still got a full-time job. Now, that yeah. doesn't sound very appealing. You're going to burn out eventually. And you're going to give up. I've been there, done that. The flip side. And we've all seen entrepreneurs who've done this, man. Oh man, the money's great. Making seven figures, loving life. I hate my job though. I hate my, yeah. I don't, I have no passion for what I'm doing. So I, the whole genesis of the book was about eight years ago. I was like, I keep seeing clients on these two extremes. 
why does nobody have both? <laughs> why, why, why does it mm. seem nobody has both? There are, there are actually hundreds of thousands of people who have both and they're kind of under the, the surface. And, you know, John, I know you're one of them. Uh, I'm one of them now. I've been on both of the other extremes. And so that's the premise of the book is how do we marry both of those? That's pretty awesome. That's pretty. So eight years. So this is an eight year dream of yours to be out yeah. here and finally how what does it feel like to because it just came out what on the 10th i mean this week about two days ago yeah yeah so, so for, what is <laughs> well for six years i was that you know i was in that 88 percent of the population that says they want to write a book and never did mm -hmm. and then um finally a little over two years ago you know we had this little thing called the pandemic and uh not to diminish you know the negative things that came out of that and then clearly there were a lot of them i think it's 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 kind of hard to not know somebody who who died from it you know, like I think we all do. Um, but, you know, just like anything negative, there was a lot of positive that came out of that. And for a lot of people, you know, for instance, I went on a lot of hikes. Why? Because all my stores were closed down and all the movie theaters were closed down. What could you do? We went on hikes. You know, I found out I like hiking. I never would have thought that. One of the great analogies in the book is because of the pandemic. I talk about go, you know, this, this hike that you can go on and imagine you're on a hike and I talk about leadership, right. And being on, you know, like I talk about how we have misconceptions about leadership and people think they have to be two miles ahead of their audience in order to be a leader. And the reality is you only need to be one step ahead. And I say, okay, you know, imagine you're on a hike and you're on this hike and you got like, the, we all have this friend, right? He's like super fit. He's been fit his whole life. Wears bike shorts to a cookout for no reason. Jogs in place at stoplights, you know, smells like soup mix all the time. You don't have to ask him if he does, if he does CrossFit, because he's already told you six times today, right? That friend, right? And so here on this hike with him, he's clearly in better shape than you. And he's two miles up ahead, yelling back at you. Hey, hurry up and watch out for the Watch out for the what, dude? You're two miles up ahead. I can't hear you. No, a better place to lead from is one step ahead. And every time I, I talk about that analogy, I picture this very specific hike in East Tennessee that we went on a bunch, you know, where you go up about two miles, you go over two miles, and any one step that you could take wrong for this two-mile ledge, you will die. You will fall a thousand feet to your death. There's no way to survive this fall. And so there's a lot of good that came out of the pandemic. And one of those was I finally had time to actually sit down and write the book. And I got about a third of the way through. I know you saw it on, on Facebook. Every day I posted this thing saying, here's how many words I wrote. And here's how far I am. It was not only accountability for me, but uh, the little secret is it was also pre-selling the book, um, mm -hmm. you know, getting some buzz from the book. And, and then all of a sudden we hit a really busy period in my, in my life. Um, we had a growing company. I was leading a company. I now suddenly went from like, we had like eight employees to, you know, or team members to like 20 uh, growing agency, got all this stuff going on, you know, biggest launch we've ever run was in, uh, May of that year, you know, about a $10 million launch. Hmm. And I'm like, I, I need to, I can't stop writing the book. Dude, I've got too much momentum. I'm a third of the way through. And so I went to, um, our ops manager, our operations manager, who's also a productivity guru, my personal productivity guru. And I was like, what do I do? And he said, can you write for 20 minutes a day? And I went, all right, I can get up 20 minutes earlier. I can ride for 20 minutes. And I came down here every morning before I did anything, didn't make coffee, didn't do it. I peed, you know, just to be clear. <laughs> Woke up, at, peed, at, at a certain came down. Age, yeah, I just, to, yes. <laughs> I, like, really, we're both over 40, right? Exactly. Like, there's no, that is the first place you go. Let's just be honest. So peed, came down, flipped open the computer and, um, and started writing. And I wrote for 17 minutes, 17 minutes, set a timer for 17 minutes. At the end of those 17 minutes when the timer went off, 
I'd finish up and, you know, okay, tie up that thought, make sure. And then I write my notes for the next day, like tell the story about the hiking, you know, boom, boom, boom. I'd come down the next day and I'd do it again. And for the next five months, I wrote for 20 minutes every single day. That was it. You know, you do not, you do not have to go to a cabin in the woods to write a book, just to be clear. How many, how many words would 20 minutes get you? On average? Um, so this, it'd get me between 500 and a thousand. Okay. Okay. And, and part of that was, again, I mentioned that I would type my note for the next day. So when I came down the next day, I was not looking at a blank page. It said, talk about, you know, mm -hmm. hiking, super fit friend. And it had like three bullet points or tell the story about dad and how that pertains to lead magnets. Uh, talk about, you know, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, and, you know, and Jesus as leaders, right? Boom. Okay, great. Got it. You know, and I, and I would write, the, I had those notes there. I had any bullet points. The other thing I noticed that I didn't do intentionally, I wish I could say like, I was super smart and I knew this would happen, but I didn't, was I found that my subconscious was just working in the background. And so this, there's a story about my dad in there, right? It's my dad. Nobody knows my dad better than me, probably, you know? And he passed away in 2005, never owned a computer, never got on the internet a day in his life, but he had the best lead magnet of anybody in the history of mankind. And I tell that story in the book as, a, as an illustration of, okay, here's what a lead magnet really is. Think of it this way. So when I came down that morning, I, I knew the story of my dad. I knew what I was going to write. But in the 24 hours since I'd written, tell story about dad my brain was percolating and I came up with a couple little just details, just small little details to add to the story, you know, that to paint the picture that made the story better. And I would just grab my phone and be like, uh, make sure to talk about how your dad never got on the internet or owned a computer. That'll, you know, people, it'll be curious about, okay, boom. And I'd set the phone down and then I'd be like, oh, make sure that you mention that at the end, he sold a thousand dollar golf instruction package. Okay, boom. And so my brain was working. Those took me two seconds to save those into my phone. I wasn't like I was spending all my time going, okay, oh, my story about my dad, what do I got to do, what I do? It doesn't take an hour. It took me, I literally went down the next morning, wrote it in like 13 minutes, looked at my timer, had four minutes left and went, I'm done. You know, like I'm at a good stopping point. There's no reason to type for four more minutes. And, and so when you're doing that, it's kind of interesting how your brain in, that, in the background, right. you know, when I'm taking a shower, when I would go for a run, when I'm playing with the kids even, which, you know, I'm supposed to be all present with the kids, but that's how our subconscious works. We don't control it sometimes. And I'd have these random ideas for the book that I would just make a quick note. And then what I did was I actually sent those voice notes to my assistant at the end of every day and just said, hey, can you load these in as notes in the working manuscript for me? And he would load them in and I'd come in and there they were. Mm. That's, well, that's how it was able to write like 500 to a thousand words in, you know, 17 minutes. Yeah, that's great. Cause the subconscious is working on the yeah. story. It's building it out. You're taking little notes on that, putting it into the phone, sending it over to the EA, you know, and they're making it available to you. So when you get up in the morning, you can be as productive as possible. Yeah. And if you don't have an EA, you're not, not at that point, which you, most of you should be like five hour a week VA for, you know, 15 bucks an hour. Most of yep. us can you know, get there, but if you're not there, you're a couple months away. Well, then at the end of the day, you could take three minutes to just go listen to the, you know, the messages yourself and, and type them out. I just wanted to make sure they got done. And for me, the easiest way was just to do a dump, you know, to my EA and say, here, do this. And, and he did them. So, I mean, you, it's not like that's a, a prohibitive thing, but yeah, I, I wish I could say, I knew that was going to happen. And that's why I did it. Um, I just know that staring at a blank page is not an option for me. 
I will, I'll sit down there the whole right. 17 minutes. I would still be on chapter yes. four. If I, at the end of chapter four, I had a blank page. I'd still be, I'd be in here right now just going, yeah. Uh, what am I going to write about? I don't know. <laughs> you I, know? I so, yeah. completely, completely can empathize with that. The blank page is not my friend. You no. know, that doesn't feel like an opportunity to me. <laughs> I think the blank page is all the blank pages is a failure to plan, you know, or failure to even think ahead. It could be one note, you know, it, it could be, I mean, there were times, like I said, it just said, tell story about dad, tell story about, was it four words? All I needed was those four words, you know, uh, or uh, sometimes it would be, you know, cause I'd already done the research. Yeah. You know, sometimes it would be like uh, share research about, you know, growth of like, there, there's a, there's a story in there about Nelson Mandela. And uh, it's, it's actually, the, there's two parts about Nelson Mandela. I talk about him in a, in a chapter about championing a cause and how we want to, you know, we got to be a, we got to be a leader. We got to be a revolutionary leader. And I talk about like MLK, Gandhi, Mandela, Steve Jobs, you know, um, a few others, like, you know, just talking about how the traits that they had and how we can apply those to building an online business and leading that, right? These are traits that we see in people like that because we go, oh, it's Steve Jobs, you know, Nelson Mandela. I mean, like I'm, most of us are never going to spend 30 years in prison and then come out to be president of a country, you know, but there are aspects of that that we can apply to our own leadership of our 10,000 email subscribers, you know, or whatever we have, we can apply them to 50 Twitter followers. You know, mm -hmm. these are the types of things, but at the end I write about, uh, there's a story about Mandela in there just talking about leaving a legacy, how there's a, there's a picture of, I think it was when, when Mandela was in the hospital and there's this kid and he's, he, there's, there's a picture of Mandela where he's going like this, you know, I think it was celebrating probably something that happened, you know, getting elected, who knows. And there's this kid in front of that picture doing the, trying to do the exact same pose and right over his arm. If you look closely, it says, I, I I'll actually pull it up. It says, Tata, they call him Tata, uh, which is, I, I don't remember. I just, it's, it's an affectionate term. I think it's kind of the equivalent of calling somebody daddy, you know, yeah. and he uh in this picture it says yeah we belong to you and we will be your legacy and so i had that story you know as i'm finishing up the book like this is the hardest part starting a book easy middle of the book easy what the heck do you do for a last chapter in a mm -hmm. book about online marketing like how do you tie this up and you can't just end it with and then when you have 10,000 subscribers buy my next book like that's not how you end a book. You got to have a good closing to this book. I'm like, it needs to be something that really sums it up, but also has an impact on like they re, they close the book and go, wow. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I'm not going to be president of South Africa. Maybe I'm not going to start the world's largest company or, you know, start a religion. You know, maybe I'm never going to do any of those things. Right but maybe I could leave a legacy. And I, I just remember like I did the research for that. So when I got to that point in the book, where I had to actually write it. I had that quote there. I had the picture there. And I, and I literally, as I'm writing, I wrote that chapter in one 17 minute session on the right. I had the picture and I was just like channeling. Okay. That's a legacy right there. And so like having those things, when I came down the next day, right there on the screen, right there. Yeah, yeah. 17 minutes, boom, done. Okay. Cool. So Matt, look, you, you are known as, or you are known as the affiliate guy. I mean, yeah. you're like a leading authority when it came to affiliate marketing, when it comes to affiliate marketing. What, um, how did that help with the, cause the thing is the one thing you kind of, uh, uh, 
kind of hinted at in you while we were talking earlier was, you know, hey, I started dropping, hey, I wrote 500 words today on my new book, but it was also at the same time getting people engaged and, you know, mm -hmm. I'm getting ready to have a book come out. What was some of the things like that that you learned from being the affiliate guy for so many years that you have overlaid into this book launch? Because in, in my opinion, it's been one of the most talked about and, uh, you know, uh, it's been pretty fascinating. So what what is some of that that you've brought into here that, uh, you know, would be a lesson for some of us? You know, there's uh, one of our affiliates sent an email that I thought I, I just, they're a client too. So this is a client of ours. Uh, we, my agency runs their affiliate program and they promoted the book and they sent this email and I just thought the line was so great. I texted their, um, their, their CEO. And I was just like, that is such a great line. They said, well, this is Matt's first book. This ain't his first rodeo. Um, and it kind of does sum it up And the point, you know, yeah, it's the first book I've written, but I've been around, I've been doing the online marketing thing for 21 years now. Uh, January of 2022 is when I ran my first Google ad. You know, um, you mean 2002. Been, yeah, 2002. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I've been running this for almost a year, a whole year. No, <laughs> oh my gosh, has it been 21 years? It's so freaking amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, it was January of 2020 or 2002. I can't even say it, can't even say it anymore. <laughs> um, and so it's been a while. I've been, you know, I've been running affiliate programs for 18 years now. This will be my 18th year, and so we've run some book launches. You know, I've run uh, run book launches for Jeff Goins, Lewis Howells, Brian Tracy, uh, Mark Miller. I'm trying to think of who else. We've we've run 12 book launches. We've sold uh, just in pre-orders. So um, mm. not even like after, but just in pre-ordered books, we sold over 330,000 books for clients. Mm. Um, so I've been a part of those things. So I, you know, the, admittedly, the very first one, although it went amazing, I remember I, I'm talking to Jeff Goins and he knows that we, we run affiliate programs. He's like, Hey, can you help with my book launch? I'm like, yes. And he comes in, he's like, okay, I have to, you know, about two weeks in, he's like, I got to tell the publisher how many books you're going to sell. And I said, 15,000. He's like, uh, what? <laughs> I was like, 15,000. He's like, dude, my last book sold just under 3000 books. I'm not going to sell 15,000. It's like, yeah, you are. I'm, I'm looking at the numbers. I know what affiliates we've got. And I know what we're going to bring to the table and I know how we're going to incentivize them. And I'm doing the math, Jeff, and it's adding up to really close to 15,000. Uh, let's tell him 15,000. He's like, I can't do that. I'm like, well, here's the deal. You're going to tell them 15,000 because I need you all in on this and believing this is possible, or I'm not going to work with you. Mm. So he told him 15,000. And then uh, we hit 15,000 two days before the end of the pre-order campaign. We ended up doing 22,000 pre-orders, Wow! you know? And so that was my first one. And quite frankly, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't tell him that. Um, like I kind of made a bunch of stuff up and got, got lucky, got a few things right, made a bunch of mistakes. And then as we went through this process, doing it with 11 more, we iterated, um, you know, we iterated over time and to the point where if you look at my book launch, launch quite frankly, John, uh, it is a template boilerplate copy of the last book launch we did for a client about a year ago. Like we didn't, everything we did was, I mean, if you look at the pages, they look yeah. exactly the same. They're just different colors and a different book and different pictures of the people who left testimony. In fact, there was a couple people who endorsed both books. We didn't have to change those out. Uh, you know, it, they are identical copies, the same exact flow. Uh, the conversion rates throughout the funnel are within 1% of each other. 
you know, the copy, even like everything is pretty similar because we've gotten to the point, thankfully, where we're not iterating so much. Like there's a few right. things we did with this one. We did one small thing where uh, we wanted to drive some extra bulk orders. And we said, anybody, hey, if you've already ordered a book, you pre-order the book, you know, you're not going to get the book for a month when you pre-order it December 10th. Um, I will ship you a book. I will ship you a signed copy of the book today if you go pre-order five additional copies. And, you know, we had maybe a hundred people take advantage of that. You know, I think it was a little bit less, like 75 to 90 people take advantage of that. But yeah. that of course drove the numbers. We got an additional 400, you know, pre-orders by doing that in small batches. You know, it's one thing to go get a 300 book order, a 400 book order, things like that. Um, but just getting those like orders of five, you know, really added up. Um, so there's things that we did innovate that we've never done before, but most of it's the same stuff we've done for years, which made it very unstressful, thankfully. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. All right. So let's just real quick go into the the, the the meat and the heart. I like the, you know, the subtitle and, and the title about turning your passion into profits. And, and I think, you know, it's a desire. A lot of people have desire, but you actually say, here's the steps. You've got the steps. Yeah. You've got, you've laid it out. Can, can pretty much anybody do this now? I think so. Um, I mean, there, there's a story in the book that really sums it up. Uh, when you talk about anybody being able to do this, um, you don't have to have letters after your name. You don't have to be, you know, have some sort of advanced degree. Uh, yeah. If you're going to write a medical textbook, you probably should have graduated from college. You know, I'd recommend that. But for 99% of us, we're teaching something that we're passionate about. It, it's a hobby of ours. It's a business of ours. It's a mission of ours. Like, how do you raise money for a nonprofit? Could, you know, if, if you're an expert at that, do you need a degree in marketing to write that book? No. And so there's this lady I was talking to. Uh, I write about this in the book. There's this lady I was talking to that uh, she's got two autistic children. And she was interviewing for our mastermind. And the final step to interview for our mastermind is that I, I spend 15 minutes talking to you. Just make sure that you're not a weirdo. Mm. <laughs> you know, you're going to fit in with everybody. Uh, we want What we want in our mastermind is we want diversity of, you know, gender and race and, biz, you know, business niches. But we don't want diversity in that somebody's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, right? right. And they're going to dominate the conversation or anything like that. So can, you know, can I carry on a conversation with you? Do you have a sense of humor? Are you going to laugh when somebody in the mastermind makes fun of you and not take it personally and start shouting at them? Like, can you do that? Right? So I'm talking to this lady. She's a great fit. And I say, I'm like, you're a great fit. I think you should be in. She's like, yep, I want to start a business, but I, I don't think I'm qualified. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're not yeah. qualified. And she's like, well, I don't, I, I want to help autistic parents with autistic children, but I don't have like letters after my name. Uh, I didn't go to fancy school. I dropped out of community college. I, I, but I, but I, mm -hmm. but I, but I, so on and so forth, listed 15 excuses. And I said, didn't you tell me you have two autistic children? She's like, yeah. And I said, and didn't you tell me that they're pretty well adjusted? And in fact, they have friends and they're doing great in school and they play sports, which all of those things are not necessarily normal for autistic children. She's like, yeah. I said, well, let me ask you something. And I was like, I don't know what made me think to ask this. I, it was one of those questions that I asked and went, oh crap, did I really just ask that question? I said, you ever thought about killing your children? She said, every single day. 
Now, I don't mean she's actually thinking up ways to drown her children, just to be clear. You know, as parents, like, as it's parents. hard. There are, like, you don't have to have autistic children. Like, it's just hard sometimes. <laughs> we, you know, we, we want to, we're like, oh my gosh. And so I said, and you haven't. So mm. talk about that. Talk about that. Now, this is the part that's not in the book because I finished the manuscript a little bit over a year ago. I found this out after we'd already signed off on the manuscript. This is really cool. She went out. She started that platform about 18 months ago mm. to teach parents with autistic children. All her, all her platform is, is here's what I'm going through in life. And here's what I've learned. No letters, no degrees, no fancy. She, to this day, doesn't even know the difference between a cerebellum and an amygdala. Okay. It doesn't matter. She has over 10,000 YouTube subscribers mm. from doing these videos. One of the videos has about a quarter of a million views, and it's all about traveling with autistic children. Wow. Something that is really, really hard because you're taking a kid who's used to routine and you're waking up, waking them up early. You're putting them into bed late. You're putting them in on a metal tube and up at 35,000 feet, and they don't understand why their ears are popping and why they have to be crammed in with 215 other people, none of whom apparently understand personal space, you know? That's mm. hard to do that with autistic children. It's hard to do that with any child. I don't even like it. I don't like flying for that reason. And you're an and adult. So <laughs> she does this video. And one of the comments on this video said, thank you so much. Uh, I've got a seven-year-old autistic child. We haven't left our county in four years because I've been too afraid to go anywhere. Because of your video, I just booked a flight to Hawaii. I'm like, yeah, anybody can do this. You don't need the letters after your name. You don't need a degree. You don't need to be an expert. So to, she's not an expert. She's not a parenting expert. She's just figured some things out. She figured out what worked and what didn't. And she shared it with her audience. That's really when it at its, at its essence, that's mm. all it is. Brilliant. Matt, Matt, it's been absolutely fantastic talking with you. My last question for you, and it's kind of the last question I always like to end on, is was there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. There's about 5,000 things you could have asked me about. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know what you didn't ask me? What's yeah. the story about my dad? I, talked about I was going about. to. I didn't I, want I'm gonna, to. You know what? But I'll yeah, end with that because yeah. it, it's my favorite story in the Go. book. You know, my dad passed away 18 years ago, yeah. um, you know, way too young, uh, just before he turned 50. And uh, of course, now days go, days, day goes by that I don't miss him. And, and the thing that's really been interesting that's resonated with me is the impact that this story has had on other people. Because I, I didn't think it was like, it's about lead magnets. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. we create these lead magnets so that, so that we, we can convert people into subscribers, right? You know, and it's like, so I share in the book, like the key to a lead magnet is to keep it simple. You know, like step one, define the number one problem your audience has. Step two, solve it. The end of lead magnet, right? And we have what we call the three hour rule. You cannot take more than three hours to create a lead magnet because what we do, we think, oh, it has to be super fancy and the graphics have to be amazing. It has to do all this and all the things that we see, the people who are more advanced, you know, they've been around for 10 years. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes in the book is never compare your beginning to someone else's middle. And so we do that and we think, oh, I got to have this fancy lead magnet. The problem is those usually convert poorly because they're too advanced, too detailed, and they take too long to consume. And so I told the story about my dad, had the perfect lead magnet. Again, never got on the internet a day in his life, never owned a computer, never owned a cell phone. But my dad was a golf instructor and he'd walk up and down the practice tee at the golf course and he would see somebody in pain, now, not physical pain, but like they'd hit a shot and they go, dang it, slam their club and go, 
Oh, you suck. I hate this stupid game. And you go up to him and go, Hey, can I help? Well, yes. I mean, I'm the local golf instructor authority. And he'd say, let me help you spend five minutes with him. He'd give him one tip. He'd find one thing that was going to tweak things just enough quickly that they would see fairly instant results. Now, are they going to go from shooting 190? No. Are they going to suddenly be on the PGA tour in six months? No. Are they going to have anything to do with Tiger Woods at any time in their life? Probably not, you know, but they'd hit a couple of shots better than they'd hit a shot in months. And they would turn to him and go, Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Those are the best shots I've hit in months. How do I get more lessons? My dad would sell him a thousand dollar golf instruction package. That's what a lead magnet is. And I've got a friend of mine. I, I wrote this book for beginner to intermediate entrepreneurs, right? People who are starting an online business. They don't know really where to start. And I have a friend of mine. He's got a low seven figure business, low over $2 million business. And he said, I wasn't going to read step four because I think that stuff's too basic for me. I said, I read the story about your dad and I read about the three hour rule. And he said, Matt, I went to my team and we took our, we have four main lead magnets. They're doing over $2 million a year. They have four main lead magnets. He said, we got eight hours. So two hours each. That story with your dad resonated with me so much that I was like, how can I make this as simple as possible? They re-engineered their four late, late main lead magnets. He said, overnight, our opt-in rate went up 40%. Hmm. They're going from a 2.3, 2.4 million dollar company to north of 3.5 because of a story about my golf instructor dad. <laughs> you know? And when I heard that, I was just like, oh my gosh, this this is res like that idea, that concept is really resonating with people. Wow. So. I think that's the power of story uh, for one, but yeah. also just summing up like this complicated lesson in the most simplistic way. So that's the, that's the story of my dad. So there you go, guys, turn your yeah. passions into profits, the proven path for building a rewarding online business. Matt, thank you so much, man. And uh, people want to follow you, get in touch with you after they get the book. How do they yeah. do that? Yeah, you guys, you can get the book anywhere. Uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target. I mean, if they sell books, they they sell my book. Uh, best place to go though, guys, go to passionsintoprofitsbook.com forward slash Lawson. Uh, John, we've got some extra special bonuses there for your peeps. So uh, make sure you go to that link, passionsintoprofitsbook.com forward slash Lawson. And uh, I know you'll probably put that for people where they can easily yep. click on it, but that's the, that's the place to go. And then there's links on there. If you just want to connect with me, uh, follow me on social media or, you know, shoot me an email or a text. Uh, my number's at the bottom of the, the page as well. So if you have any questions or, well, you know, you get stuck on a, one of the, we got a bunch of exercises in the book. You get stuck on one, have a question, just text me. You know, I, I do respond usually not right away, but I'll respond within you know, <laughs> he will. two days. <laughs> Fantastic, so, man. Yep. Fantastic, man. Thank you so much. My pleasure, buddy. Thanks for having me. All right. We out. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Smartest Podcast. I hope you found that conversation helpful and inspiring. So be sure to subscribe and do not miss any future episodes. Until next time, enjoy your journey of success. Thanks for listening. Thank you.